Melanated Family. How's everybody doing, man? This is your brother Harrison Brack for a brand new episode of the Melanated Convo Podcast. Today on the show, right, this is maybe my second or third therapist, I would say, but um, you know, on the show, we talk about everything, man. We talk about everything going on in hip hop. We talk about everything going on in pop culture. We talk about celebrities a little bit, everything going on with black society we discuss, but sometimes we need to dig deep and have conversations about our mental health. We need to have conversations about how we feel about each other, but most importantly, how we feel about ourselves. Right? So mm -hmm. today on the show, I have a sister who was a licensed therapist. She is the author of Just As I Am, which is a workbook for women and young for women and young girls, but can be or but can be benefited by anybody. Right. So anybody can read the book, but it was aimed at young women and um, girls. Also, the, the sister has been in therapy for a while. And with her therapy session, she include counseling, couples, suicidal thoughts, self-harm, grief and loss, everything we go through. Right. So this is important that we have these type of conversations. So today on the show, I want everybody to welcome the sister Shaitea Baker. How are you doing today, sister? Good, good. Good to have you on. Good to have you on. So like I was saying, like the whole therapy, the idea of black folks seeing a therapist, we know how cliche it is and we know how a lot of our people don't see the value in it. But what made you decide to be a therapist? You know, initially I did it for the culture. I mm -hmm. mean, really. Um, I had been working for an online platform and really wasn't making the money that I know that I could make. Um, and I wasn't seeing us. And so mm -hmm. I wanted to really reach out to us and let them know that, hey, I'm out here. Um, I could be a great resource. Um, and, and I really just wanted to see us engage more in therapy. Engage more in therapy. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um like so far well how long have you been practicing before i begin so i've been licensed since 2019 mm -hmm. um and i opened up my private practice in last year i believe last year october and so i've been um actively you know on my own for a year got it got it okay okay and i know you know your 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 business services everybody but as far as the black population is concerned how, how receptive have people been to coming in your office and sitting down with you, just, just being open about everything they've been through? They've been really open. I mean, I see all, like all of my clients, I think minus three and I have about, um, I don't know if it's nine or 12, I, I lose count sometimes, but, um, most of them are, you know, look like us. And so mm -hmm. that's the good thing about it is that everyone has been open and receptive. Um, what I found is that we like to talk to us because they're mm -hmm. not, there's no um, qualms about, you know, Hey, I want my kid, you know, no one's going to call CPS, you know, when they say things like that, or mm -hmm. I went off on my kid or I went off on my spouse, you know, they're not saying, Oh, you know, are you guys in domestic violence? You know, there's more of a commonality, um, you know, with someone like me that understands the culture, understands the language um, that we may use without, you know, thinking that there's a, bigger problem mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that seems to be the case all the time right like mm -hmm. when, when, when we when we talk about clinical professionals when we talk about doctors all the professionals that we can go to to either heal our mind or our bodies mm -hmm. people don't realize the commonality in all of that so just exactly. being someone who looks like us that's that's mm -hmm. a benefit to 
all of us. I think as soon as they come in the door and see you most times, it can provide a sense of relief, right? It does. And I actually work for a psych hospital during the day and I do mm -hmm. my practice at night. And so there was times where, um, you know, I've heard like I would see a young African-American male and I'm like, oh, it's good to see you. And he was uh, this particular guy said, it's good to see you. Mm -hmm. And so uh, then also there was another young lady who said um, she said um, that she was able to sit up tall when she saw me, you know, coming in the door. And so there's a sense of pride. There's a sense of um, connection when they see me in the room. Hmm. Now, so from the people that you talk to and, and everything that you've studied and understand, mm -hmm. why do you think we are so reluctant to come see you? Like no one, because in my opinion, just real quick, I think everybody should have some sort of therapy during their lifetime, regardless mm -hmm. of your background. But knowing everything we've been through, Mm -hmm. Why do you think we are so reluctant or, 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 or reluctant to come sit down with you and have a conversation or just share things that would, you know, make us feel a little, uh, a little vulnerable? I think in general, people think like, oh, there's something wrong with me if they go and see a therapist or they can't handle it. Um, I think in our community, we have this, you know, superwoman, superman complex that we can handle it all. And that's just not the case. We shouldn't have to. Um, there's a level of stress that I think is on our shoulders that we don't really um, get a chance to lay it down um, mm -hmm. in safe places without feeling like something's wrong with us. Yeah. Um, and so that, and then also too, um, with the church being very um, prominent in the community, we think, oh, well, we just need to pray more, or we need to fast more, or we need to give more offering and tithes and talk to the pastor and talk to the minister, and everything would be okay. And that's just not the case. You know, it's funny you bring that up, because I know people who, when going through things in their life, that may be the first place they go. They may, mm -hmm. if, if it's a marital issue, if it's a issue with the child, they may say, okay, I'm going to go talk to my pastor. And yeah. you know what we, I mean, what, whatever, if, if that's who you're comfortable with, fine. But we all need to understand that like profession, like going to the professionals for certain type of help is really the only way to get certain things solved. Don't you think? I think so. I really do. And there's, you know, we went to school for this mm -hmm. um, or we've had, we've seen couples come in and out of our door. We've seen, you know, troubled kids come in and out of our door and we have the expertise to say, you know what, this looks like um, this or this looks like that. Let's talk about it and let's give some actual resources that have been proven to work in these type of situations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, you also like reading your bio and everything on your website. You mm -hmm. said a few things that were important to me. You, you spoke about the importance of listening. Now, I understand how important that is maybe in your field of study, but it seems like just in general, if, if you're attempting to help somebody, whether you're a, like licensed to do it or not, being able to listen to them properly is important, right? Oh yeah. It's very important. And I tell my clients, I hear what you say and what you don't say. Um, hmm. Because a lot of the, a lot of it has to come from me reflecting on our interaction. Um, there's times where like, especially in the, in the psych hospital where um, there was this one particular client where I, I kept saying, I know, I know, I know. And she was like, well, how do you know if I haven't shared it with anyone? And it was mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. So I went home, I reflected on that. Well, she felt like I was dismissing her. That came from my reflection time. 
And so in that, I went back the next day and I said, you know what? I just missed everything you said uh, by not listening, by not saying, by saying I know, instead of hearing you out um, and providing that safe space for you to just share what you wanted to share. Um, and I apologized to her in front of everyone to validate her and to validate her feelings. And I said, you know what? I'm sorry for dismissing you in that moment. And from that point on, we were good. You yeah, know, yeah. So it comes from, you know, you have to be able to listen to, you know, um, you know, what you're saying in that moment and what you're, what they're, they're not saying, you know, she could have never told me that she felt dismissed. I had to come up with that in my own time. Hmm. So wait, you said working at the site work, a psych ward in the daytime. So, how does that help you? Like de dealing with, cause it's, it's a similar type of work. Right. But it seems like the highs and lows is a little bit different. So how does that help you when going from dealing with that to just dealing with somebody you need to sit on the couch with and have a conversation with? Um, I think it's very similar because a lot of them um, are struggling with suicidal thoughts. That was one of our topics that we talked about today. Mm -hmm. And so um, it just really depends. Some of them are getting, um, stabilized in medication. Um, they're in the, in the crisis mode. And so we're bringing more stabilization in those situations versus um, those who may come to the private practice may not be in crisis at the moment. And so it's parallel, but it's, it's, it's just different. They're more um, wanting to get through the, 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 the things that the patterns that are, that they're seeing in their lives versus in the crisis mode they may not yet see those you know patterns got it wow. it just really depends on where they are and that makes okay because because i'm trying to just get an understanding of it coming from like a novice perspective but that makes sense like a crisis mode so they're, they're they're not to the point yet where they can just sit down with you and have a conversation about something and delve deep into it right they need other types of help so that makes sense that right. makes sense now yeah. also so wait so you're from sacramento too well, actually from the Bay Area, but I've been here since 2000. Got it. So I've got been it, here okay. for a while. Okay. Okay. Now, so for anybody listening that wants to be like a licensed therapist, this is something I never really understood. What's the schooling process? Like how many years of school? Is it just four years of college? Is it more schooling after that? Yes. So you definitely have to have your graduate degree. So you can go um, two different paths. So with social work, um, which is the path that I went, um, you can go into social work. And then after you graduate with your master's degree, um, you take the first exam, which is your law and ethics. And then after that, you have to, when I went, I had to get um, 3,200 hours of experience mm -hmm. um, doing therapy. So some of it can be direct services. Some of it can be indirect services. Um, I worked in the prison doing therapy there, doing children's mental health. Um, a little bit of everything, it seems like. And then, um, so that's one path. Um, at Sac State, they do have a uh, mental health stipend. So that's also available. Um, I was working full time, so I wasn't able to do that, um, where you get more in-depth training on how to be a therapist. Mm -hmm. um, when I went, they said, hey, just get your, what's called an ASW number, which allows you to get those um, hours towards getting your license. Um, and then after you get those 30, when I went 3,200, it's now 3,000 hours of experience. You take another exam, which is your clinical exam, and then that licenses you to be a therapist. Um, other people go and um, major in psychology 
or marriage family therapy, um, go that route. And I believe there's two um, exams also on that path. And then they become a licensed marriage family, uh, I think it's marriage family therapist, wow. something like that, MFT. So um, it's two different paths. They're more trained in how to be um, a therapist from you know the psychology perspective. Got it. Got it. That's interesting. But and I wanted to point that out because I knew it was a process. Right. I knew it was hard work. That's why when I tell black folks, even myself, like therapy is something that you shouldn't be afraid of, something you should try. These people are trained in this field of study in this. At times, this should make us feel comfortable because to be anything or to get anywhere in life, you have to put in that work. Now, yeah. tell me this. Like, which, what, what do you think? What makes a good therapist, though? Because we understand just like a teacher, right? You go through the um, you go through the process, you get all the schooling, you get all the credentials. And then we still see teachers or people in that position who aren't as thorough, who don't right. seem like they care. So what do you think, even after going through the schooling, what do you think makes a good therapist? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think it's the empathy. I think it's the compassion. Um, for me, I think I have lived experience. So I was a consumer of mental health services before I even got into therapy. And mm -hmm. when I talk to my clients and I tell my clients, you know, hey, I've been where you are, that makes me more relatable to them because I'm not, I'm not coming from a perspective up here that I'm teaching down to you. I'm coming up from the bottom where I'm like, hey, I get it. You know, if I don't do, you know, this, that, or and and the next, I'll be right where you are again. Um, and so I let them know that I totally get it. I totally understand that it's exhausting to continue this fight um, called mental health um, because I've been there, and and you can do it because I've done it. Hmm. Perfect, perfect, and that really goes for all forms of life, right? Like people. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when we're looking for a mentor or someone to give us information about something, knowing that they've been through it, knowing that they have a personal like relationship with what mm -hmm. I'm possibly going through, it makes everything better. Now, something else you said that I thought was important. You mentioned that you you know you're offering your therapy sessions, but for people who are ready, right? So, how does a person know? that they're ready is it like a breaking point one has to get to or is it just like a mental thing you think i don't know i think when you I always tell my clients when you're ready to do the work i'm ready to work with you hmm. and so when you say hey i want to get through these things i want to not repeat the same patterns i want to you know stop this generational um thing you know my, my mom was always picking the bad guys i keep picking the bad guys i want to um get out of that you know help me see what my patterns are and then, you know, then we can sit down and talk about it. Um, mm -hmm. Somebody who is just blaming other people, you're not ready. You're not ready. Mm -hmm. You got to take ownership of your stuff. Now, do you sit down with someone and, and, and based on the dialogue, you see they're not ready and say, hey, let's stop here. <laughs> I need you to do a few things and then come back. Right. Because you don't want to waste your time or their money. Right. I'd never have because I think once they start looking for a therapist, then they're ready. Mm, um, I haven't. Okay. So that's I haven't, a sign that they're ready right there. Gotcha. That, that is a sign. I haven't ever had to turn anyone away. Um, I will start off and then let them weed themselves out. Mm. Uh, 
I, I never tell anybody no, just because, I mean, who am I to say you're not ready? Um, that, makes sense. that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? I don't feel like, I don't feel comfortable doing that. And so I let them say, you know what? Um, you're asking too many difficult questions. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd rather just, you know, take a break and, and come back. Hmm. So, you know, cause I do ask some hard questions. And so I let them, you know, that makes so, sense. That makes sense. The process will let them know if they're ready or not. Right. By what right. you ask, what mm -hmm. what what you're asking of them, because I think when we embark on any new journey, something that's unknown, sometimes mm -hmm. we don't know what what like what type of hard work it's going to require, and that's yes. with anything, you know what I mean. Yes. And then sometimes somebody may sit there and say, "Wait a minute," <laughs> <laughs> and you got to be consistent in anything. And so, mm -hmm. um, some people only see me once a month. And that's and that's what they can afford, and that's fine. So mm -hmm. they could, if whatever they can commit to, um, that's you know, it's totally up to them. Now I'm sure doing the work that you do over time, you see the like the progression in someone because mm -hmm. because I, I understand the, the type of work that you do. I would say your job, you know, firefighters, some policemen, doctors. There's a fulfilled nature that comes from actually helping people like everybody's job isn't helping people as directly as you do. You know what I mean? So right. how does it feel to see someone come in your office and they're unsure and they're at a particular place and then to get them to a place where at least now they have a better understanding of what the problem is. I mean, there's always that sense of a fulfillment in that. Um, but I'm, I'm constantly, you know, every time I see them reflecting the commitment that they are making to their own lives and to, you know, improving their lives and improving their mental health. So I'm always positively reassuring them, letting them know that you're already doing the work because you're, you're here. Um, so that in and of itself is, is a beautiful thing. Um, and I'm able to, to reflect that to them. And that's a good point because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm figuring this out. Like, as I asked you the questions, but yeah, making the appointment, showing up at one o'clock mm -hmm. that says something's wrong like to oh, the yeah. point where i'm so that's a big thing in itself just getting up and doing it like with anything else right right and then consistently coming to say hey i need your help um you know let's let's figure this thing out together and so um and some people they come like i have some some programs like on anger management depression anxiety and grief and loss and some of those clients come in and they say, you know what? I'm doing so much better than I was when I came in your door. Mm -hmm. um, let's, let's decrease the frequency of me coming in here. Hmm. You know, so that's always a good thing when you're able to decrease that they're not having so many episodes that, of, you know, like they were having when they came in the door. Um, that's always good for them to, to realize like, look, you're doing the work. I'm not going home with you. <laughs> you're doing it just by, you know, doing this, these exercises that I give you, um, using the tools that I'm teaching you, you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And wow. Wow. Okay. Cause that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Cause them coming, them being committed to the process, mm -hmm. that's definitely beneficial. And I see how, um, you know, cause I know a lot of people meet like a lot of people who don't even see the benefit or see the benefit, but haven't made those steps yet. And that's important that you're dealing with people that that are willing to do that. And like but right. another question I have, how does that talking to people about their problems, mm -hmm. how does that and, and even learning a lot of these things, how does that help you reflect on what you've been through? 
Like, do you have to do you size up what you've been through based on what you're talking to with these people? You're going through something that day, but you still have to help someone. How does all that work out like mentally? Um, I think for me, it's about being able to put my stuff aside. Um, a lot of times, like, especially during the day when I'm working with, um, patients at the psych hospital, it's like, okay, you know, we're doing check-in at nine o'clock in the morning and listening to them saying, you know, okay, this keeps coming up as a re, you know, reoccurring thing. What do you guys think about us talking about that? It's not about what I'm feeling, what I'm going through. It's about what do they need to get through their day? Um, and so, same thing with, you know, with some of my clients in my private practice, there's been some days where it's like, I'm totally not feeling it, mm -hmm. but it's like, I have to, you know, pray through those moments or, you know, um, there was a time where uh, my mentor had passed away. I rescheduled everybody that week um, because I just, I was not in a space to just, you know, meet with anybody. I was, you know, really, really sad about that loss. And I said, hey, I apologize. Can we reschedule? I'm not just here to take your money. Um, and they were like, yeah, cool. No problem. You know, and so there's, you know, there's have, I think that was probably the one time that I did reschedule people. But other than that, I'm able to just put it aside um, and just kind of, you know, put myself in the back burner. Mm -hmm. And it's not the easiest thing. You know, there are many days because I work my nine to five. I may have my first client at six um, in my other office. And it's like, it's, it's completely not the easiest thing to do, but it's manageable. Um, it's just something that I'm just, I'm, you know, just willing to do for now. Yeah, no, but it's, and, and that's, I'm, I take my hat off to you because anytime I see someone in a field of study where they're completely dedicated to helping people, like I'm, people work all type of jobs in our country and, and uh, most of them help people at different degrees. Right. Mm -hmm. But dealing with people's emotions, dealing with how people like the things they had to go through in their past, this is like delicate mm -hmm. information. Right. right? So they're right. kind of trusting you mm -hmm. to not just help them, but to listen and be like you said earlier, uh, empathetic. Mm hmm. And they're not, it's, it's completely not the easiest thing because there's some times where I'm uh, in the daytime where I'm talking to my patients and, and like one person was like, you're dealing with somebody who has demons and, um, you know, want to just pull out the knives. And I was just like, well, let's do the therapy dance. Like, am I, I could pull you out or I could, you know, or, or you could pull me in. I said, mm -hmm. you know, you need to feel safe enough to put your knives down if you, if you so choose. I said, let's talk about it. You know, yeah. and it was just like, ooh, <laughs> that was a moment where it was just like, ah, what am I gonna do? Like, if I said, I said, I'm confident enough in myself that I'm not, I'm not gonna stop asking you questions because you're here for a reason. Mm. And I said, you know, you can sit there if you want. I said, but I wouldn't be a therapist worth my salt if I let you come in here and leave the same way. And leave the same way. And you know, man, it's like it, all people when we embark on doing any job as i got older i'm starting to learn the amount of empathy the amount of care and really i think it starts with like caring about yourself and and right. and, and, and and caring about the input you put out in the in the world when it mm -hmm. comes to just somebody taking orders at mcdonald's to doing <laughs> what you do if you care right. the person on the under the other end of the transaction can feel it right and that's really what it is i mean 
I, I get sometimes where they're, you know, I, I sometimes ask permission, you know, can I challenge you? And sometimes they say no. And sometimes I don't ask. And then, you know, I get some of the, I get my head bit off sometimes. And I'm just like, ouch, like, <laughs> you know, that hurt. Um, and some people are triggered by me, you know, poking and poking and poking. Mm-hmm. And, and so it just, it just depends. Um, but I said, Hey, it's my job to, to, that we all get better, you know? And if I just let you sit there and, and check out, I'm not doing my job. Yep. Yep. And I think that's important. The challenging piece. So wait, you're sitting down talking with someone and you ask them that question. I ask a million and one questions. Huh. And so it just depends yeah, on the situation. Well, initially it depends on the, the report, how long I've been working with them. Mm. So if they're brand new, like sometimes I size them up and say, are they ready for my challenge? Because I always say that nobody's ready for me at a hundred proof. And so I, I'll ask, can I, can I challenge you? And, and they'll say yes or no. And, and I've heard no more times than I would like, but, um, you know, and then I leave them alone. I come back another time. Mm-hmm. So other times, you know, I've had people say, why are you picking on me? And I'm like, dude, I'm not picking on, on you. I'm trying to get you to participate and put something into this process. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Because I always thought of a therapist. One of the main reasons I thought that it would be beneficial to someone is because it's like a third party unbiased ear. Like mm-hmm. you may have an aunt or a cousin who you love, but you don't know if they're going to say nothing. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know who the hell they finna go talking to to have right. somebody who don't. And that's why I think, look, I've seen people talk to strangers mm-hmm. and divulge a lot. I'm like, what the hell are they doing? But I had to think like, this is a non-biased person that don't know them, right? Exactly. So we don't have any buy-in to side with anybody. It's it's easier to remain neutral in those situations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and that makes a lot of sense. Now you now the book you wrote just mm-hmm. as I am is that your only book? Um, the other book that I did was a chapter with um twelve other authors. Got it. And got so it, this got is it. Okay. my only uh, solo book. Yes, your only solo book. So talk to us about the idea behind writing a book and just the the inception of it. Um, so that was a, a long process. I think I just came from a perspective of, you know, um, trying to discover who you are, your identity, um, you know, who, who do you want to put yourself out in the world to be? Um, and a lot of times, you know, we get off course when we believe what other people say about us. Yeah. And I think in adolescence, that's when you're developing who you are, you know, who you think you are. Um, and what you want other people to see you as. And so I tell a little bit about my story, how it was very easy for me to get into um, alcohol and and just doing different things. And so, um, you know, at the same time being in the church. And so I kind of talk a little bit about that, how sometimes our morals, our values um, can influence who we say we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but how is it that we define that? How is it that we discover that? And with identity, it's just about what makes you different from other other people? Mm-hmm. What makes you uniquely you? Um, and so how does your, um, you know, when I talk about the morals and the values, how does that shape who you are? Um, does it define that? And then going into 
how do you solidify that? And a lot of times it is remembering who you want yourself to be um, and doing affirmations and declarations um, to really solidify that. Um, some people believe, you know, um, in the Bible or in the word. And so they, you know, believe who they say they are based off of that. And so mm. it's finding finding those scriptures to say, this is who I am. This is, you know, who I'm going to put myself out into the world to be. And so um, I just really wanted to, um, you know, have a space where um, young women, you know, those who struggle with uh, self-esteem or self-worth could really look at some reflective, you know, answer some reflective questions about, you know, who they say they are and, and just kind of solidify, solidify that belief in and of itself. Dope, dope. That that makes a lot of sense. And that I've always felt that way. Like as I begin to get older and become an adult, I'm 42 years old now. It's like how I feel about me matters. Like with oh, yeah. with, with, with everyone around, everybody around is gonna have something to say, but how I feel about me is what's gonna matter at the end of the day. And I can only imagine when you mention young girls, young people have it really hard because mm -hmm. they're not sure about themselves yet. They're not sure about themselves. They're in these little small enclaves, which is like school, where it's, mm -hmm. that's their whole world, where it's, you know, right. it's only 500 people. But to them, these people word matter. So it's important that we kind of now what's what's been the reception of your book? Um, I just talked with some um, young people at my daughter's school and uh, the the young person was saying that they got stuck on one particular question and, and couldn't move forward because they were like, I don't even know how to answer that. And I'm like, that's the point is to really, really go deep inside yourself to say, you know, what is it about this question that I'm finding difficulty in answering um, and really study yourself and study, you know, who you are to really, really get that out and put it um in the book because there's um, space to write and mm -hmm. things like that. It's more of a workbook. Um, and so that's kind of, you know, the only um, feedback that I've gotten uh, recently, at least from um, the book. Hmm. So that's, that's interesting. And that's a good thing. Like I've been working on my first book and it's a very, very difficult process. So I, yeah. I take my hats off to you. Now, when working with your clients, do you give them the book too? Do you reference yeah. the book? To well, no, yes. Well, yes and no. So when I, in the daytime at the psych hospital, I may um, tie in another lesson. Usually when I work with a book um, called core values. Mm -hmm. And so I'll, you know, talk about core values in that if you don't really know your core values and you are they're negative, it can become an identity if you don't work on them soon enough. Mm -hmm. And so that's usually how I tie the two there. But I do have, um, I have one client, uh, one young girl on my caseload um, that we're working through the book together as part of her therapy process. Mm, that's what I was thinking because of what you do having like a written form of some of your ideologies can possibly help people who are kind of into reading and follow learning in that manner. But it seems really important. So I appreciate you coming on the show today, sister, and sharing everything that you've been doing. Now, one other thing I want to ask. So talking to black folks specifically. Yeah. Why would you tell someone therapy can benefit them? So we're dealing with people who didn't have a father, didn't have a mother, growing up in an environment where they didn't have a lot of money. We know how we unfortunately 
we normalize a lot of things. A lot of the trauma that we've had to deal with, we normalize it. So how can you simply tell someone from our culture, hey, what I'm doing can benefit you too? I I totally believe in therapy because really it is, to me, it's a stress reliever. And so to have a safe place where you know what you're talking about is not going to go anywhere. Um, and talking with somebody who can give you strategies and tools that can actually help you, that has been proven to work. Somebody that you're just venting to, they may say, well, go back and say this. That ain't been proven to work. <laughs> or just pray it away. You know, it's that, like that's that not going to work. That hasn't been proven. Well, I mean, prayer does work, but yes. I'm just saying in general, like some people, you need to know that with anxiety or with depression, these things have been proven to work. With PTSD, with OCD, which is, you know, the um, compulsive uh, disorders. And so just really letting people know that these things have been proven to work. If you work it, it will work. And so that is, to me, the, the best way that I can let people know to get in therapy, find somebody that you trust, um, somebody that you can, you know, really, really unload this heavy stuff that you're carrying around with you every day. Um, that is the most important thing. I mean, I, I have my own therapist and, and, you know, he's awesome because he can ask me questions that it's like, I've never thought about that. Um, you know, and so everybody needs therapy. It's not just the person who has problems. To me, it's a very good preventive measure to have in your life. Wow. Okay. So a person who don't, the, life's going great in their mind. Mm -hmm. They still can benefit from therapy. Oh yeah. Because uh -huh. you never know when life will hit you. And um, one of my, my business coach, she always says, life is going life. Life keeps lifing no matter what it is you're going through, whether it's good, whether it's, you know, challenging, whether it's, you know, okay, you still need that safe place that you can process things with. And that's the whole point is that you can process your, your life with somebody. Wow. Life is going life. Mm -hmm. I like that because it's true. And, and it's people think money in different forms of success prevent you from feeling like someone who don't have anything. And that's just such a misnomer. I've it really seen, is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It I've really seen, is. I've seen people with all the things you think one should have or would make them happy and they still have the same issues you have. They, they still maybe, maybe insecure about themselves. And you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> but you have this, this, and this. So none of that means anything. What you have to dig deep and kind of figure out. That's why I want to bring you on the show because so many of our people suffer in silence mm -hmm. and they think it's okay. And they think whatever happened to them was supposed to happen because of how they were raised or because of who their mom is or because who their dad is. And really everybody deserves peace of mind. Everybody deserves mm -hmm. to be happy. Everybody deserves like a clean slate, regardless right. of what your social economic conditions are. You know what I mean? Right. Most definitely. And Therapy can really help with that, whether it's like I said, whether it's good, bad, challenging or not, you know, it's just it's just a good place to go to, you know, even like I said, as a preventive measure, um, just, you know, when things happen, you have somebody already there as a safe place to to really unload, you know, some stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. So tell everybody really quickly, where can they get your book if they want to get your book? Oh, good question. So I have what's always on Amazon. 
mm -hmm. um, under my name or um, this other website that I have, which I like better um, because, you know, Amazon is going to take their cut no matter what. Mm -hmm. um, so there's this website that I have. It's my first name, S-H-A-T-A-Y-I-A-Baker, B-A-K-E-R, um, dot square dot site. There we go. There we go. There we go. So you can get all your bread and you can cut mm -hmm. that metal man out. Most yes. definitely. <laughs> Most definitely. Now tell me again, how, how, how do I pronounce your first name? Because I don't want to butcher it again. Shatea. Shatea. Shatea Baker. So everybody, the Melanated Combo, please go buy Shatea Baker's book. If if you've never had therapy, never thought about it, maybe you're in therapy now and you're a step ahead of me, good. But if you've <laughs> never thought about it, if you have family members who never thought about it, please, family. And I know, look, some people in our coach be like, that's some white folk shit. Look, come on now. No, we need you need to talk to a non-biased person. And sometimes I've realized if you say certain things out loud, just saying certain things out loud can be monumental in your growth, in who you are. So yes. just to hear you say what your problem is can get you where you need to go. But we all have problems and we all need to look at it. And black folks in America. We have a we, we, we have systematic issues that we have to get over, right? Yep. But like everybody else, we got personal issues, problems with your mama, with your family, with your brother and sister. That's that goes beyond race lines. Everybody yep. has those issues. Now, of course, some things are piled upon us because of where we come from and because of everything we had to go through. So I think that's why therapy is even more important. Yes. Some form of it. Uh, one more question. Yeah. How <laughs> often? So how often does a person have to come to get to, to, to benefit from your services? Is it like four times a month? Is it three, two? How do you gauge that? It just depends. Um, a lot of times it depends on what they can afford. So some people pay out of pocket. Okay. Some people pay with insurance. Mm -hmm. um, so it just depends on you know what they can afford. I have mm -hmm. some people that come every week. I have some that come every two weeks. And um, even one client comes once a month. Hmm. Um, so it just depends on what you can afford, what you can afford. And I guess the sessions that you have with them, how beneficial it is, because you could come once a month, but if the conversations was right, the questions were right, you were able to realize something, then yeah, I, the amount of times won't matter if you are getting something out of it, like anything yeah. else in life. Right. If you go there with the intent to get something out of it, then one time a month can be perfect. Right. And it really depends on your life you know, challenges. Some people are going through grief and loss. Some people are going through, you know, anger management or just, you know, some people just, you know, want to process things that come up every week. Um, so it just depends on, you know, what they're, you know, where they are in life and what they're going through. Yes, 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 definitely, definitely. So everybody out there, you hear hearing the sound of my voice, please don't frown upon therapy. The the outside influence of someone that's not in your family that's not big mama that's <laughs> not your pastor this person can actually help you because i know talking to your girlfriends hasn't been going right <laughs> <laughs> right telling them what's going on with you and them telling you about your man this is look Chitai, this is how we get information we talking to our right. friends who we love but they going through something yes they they may be looking at something going on in your life and they may be a little jealous about something that's going on so they're gonna tell you some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's very true. You know what I mean? Because yeah. humans are so fickle and we yeah. and perception is reality. You don't know how someone's looking at you. So you can think you have yeah. 
all the problems in the world, but they're like, wait a minute, your car is really nice. You got a nice <laughs> job. Yeah, he's cheating on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, you know, give you some out the wall, you know, advice and you're going to follow that and end up in the in the in the uh, graveyard. Right. So you just right. you just need to be careful mm -hmm. with everything mm -hmm. that you share and with whom. That um, is so, man. But we we befriend people and we get comfortable. Mm -hmm. and, and and I think you need to tell that shit to somebody. <laughs> yeah. Right? So certain things go on and you like somebody got to know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because a lot of times when we don't tell it, it's like we start feeling like something like we crazy. You know, and it's like, you know, you're not crazy. You just need somebody to to bounce that stuff off of. Yep. Yep. You know? And you finally bounce it off somebody who tell you the horrible advice and you love them. So you leave thinking maybe they were right because I'm right. learning. I'm I like to control my energy by any all words that I take in. So I love YouTube. I love podcasts. Mm -hmm. I love music. But I'm getting older. I'm like, wait a minute. I got to control everything i listen to and yeah. this ain't just i started with with, with music but i'm like well, no 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 this is every <laughs> this is conversations with with people yeah like what's this person's mentality mm -hmm. i'm gonna avoid bringing said topic to them i yeah. love them but i'm not gonna bring that topic to them you know what i mean yeah you gotta be careful you gotta be careful you gotta be careful so everybody do me a favor go get this sister's book if you need Therapy. If you're in the Sacramento area, we are in the Sacramento area, Sacramento, California. If they need your services, if they need to talk, if they have some issues going on in their life, how can they contact you? So my email address is info, I-N-F-O at shateabaker.com. That's S-H-A-T-A-Y-I-A-B-A-K-E-R.com. Info at shateabaker.com. Um, that's probably the best way to reach me. Mm -hmm. uh, my cell phone number is 707-653-0740. Great, great. So this is so this is great stuff, guys. This is Sister Shatea Baker. I'm not always going to give you what you want. Sometimes I'm going to give you what you need. These <laughs> summer conversations, they're fun, but this is actually what you need to hear. It ain't all about turning up and having fun and drinking and partying. That's a part of some of our lives, but sometimes you got to put all that shit to the side and be serious. And you can look at like politics is important. The elections coming up and all these things, all these things are important, but you know, what's more important than all that you. Yeah. You, how do you feel about you? How do you feel about life? If you want to look at the outside world and make the proper determinations if you haven't done the inventory with yourself, you could be giving yourself false realities. Right. See? So let's work on ourselves before we go outside to give advice, before we go outside to say, hey, this president is the greatest one. You don't <laughs> even know who you are and you're telling me who to vote for. Right. <laughs> right. Right about that. See? So these are all important things that we need to look at. So please go to the sister's website. The website is, what is it? Shatiabaker.com, right? Yes. I seen the website. Yeah. So go to the website. You need therapy sessions. Buy that book for your young girls. Read it with your young girls. These, this is all the hard work that all of us have to do. Family, this is your brother Harrison. Melanated Convo Podcast. Find me at on Instagram at Melanated Convo 100. Um, the Melanated Convo is the YouTube page. Continue to like. Continue to subscribe. We're going to have difficult conversations, but must needed conversations, family. This is your brother Harrison. I'm out.